we want to introduce you to our newest partner here in the fish tank. Yes, Planet Protein, a South Florida plant-based nutrition company providing rapid-fire nutrition for tough times in our lives. Featuring peanut butter cup, cherry Ooh. almond fudge, and the incredible chocolate magic protein shake mix juice, Planet Protein is the one-stop solution to keep your day going. Yeah, whether you're suiting up for Sunday. Now, you know something about that, don't yeah, you, Just juice? a little bit, or you know, watching from home. I know about that. A lot about that, right? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Everyone has a need for quick, delicious, and nutrient dense solutions for go time and each product is packed with 20 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods to amplify your place in the game of life and guess what juice we've got a great deal for our listeners use the code fish tank that's all capital letters all one word fish tank and receive 20 percent off all purchases at planetprotein.com and also check them out on instagram at planet underscore protein you're now diving into the fish tank Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice, man, and this is strictly for them true fans, golf fans, number one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Juice, this is uncharted waters for us today for the first time ever. We are taking in a guest on the phone lines. We've never done this before, but if was anybody that we were willing to do this, because Ethan sure as hell wasn't going to fly us out to nah, Virginia. Nah, nah, nah. Wasn't in the budget, right? Fish Tank legend, Mark Dixon in the house. What's up, Big Dix? What's going on, man? I'm hanging in there, pals, man. Great to be on. Been dying to do it with you guys. Man, oh, man. We've been waiting to hear from Dixon because he's been the topic of conversation so many times on the podcast. Instant legend. You know what? And it's been that way when we didn't have a podcast, Seth. So it's finally time for everybody to realize who Mark Dixon is because he's been talking about a lot down here in South Florida. Yeah, man, you got to live up to the stories now. I'm going to try, fellas, man. I appreciate you guys talking that way. Like I said earlier, so thankful because I coach high school football, man. Nobody believes I can play. They all think I was off. <laughs> they asked me if I could – I can't touch the net now. I said I used to the dunk. They don't believe me. So I put on y'all's podcast and give me a little validation. That's right. And we're going to make sure of that, man. There's just so much to talk about, man. And we, you know, we have to start here, though. A few weeks back, and you know, we had Terry Kirby in here in the tank. And he told us about the first time you two went on a, a recruiting trip, this time to Clemson. I know you had some good – trips, but what about the trip to Clemson? Talk about that a little bit, Mark. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget it. I played a high school basketball game. I had a good night. I don't know, maybe 20 and 10, you know. So. <laughs> just, a, just an average night for you. A little off, a little off. And uh, I get on the plane, and, and Clemson, and they fly up to Greensboro, and they got uh, Kirby there, and I guess they got him first, or they went and saw him play or whatever, and I thought, you know, I'm right, you know, how'd you do, Dick? So I lit him up, boys, 20 and 10. Man, Kirby sitting there, he had like 40. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he took a I few know, more shots, oh yeah, you know Kirby. If you ever played with him, now, y'all can lose, I don't let the country in rebound if I could play with him. <laughs> yeah, so we flew down to Clemson and they kept us apart, man. Like we we're diseased because we we're both gonna go to Virginia. Or I was, and I guess they thought I was gonna talk them into it. But as soon as we got off the plane, that was the end of that. I didn't see him no more. <laughs> wow. Well, they said they had those two limos waiting for you. Now they yeah. did, and they they went separate directions, and I hit them a little nicer than mine. <laughs> His was a little nicer than mine, and his, and, his, and the Bingle girl, the, you know, they had Bingle babies back in. She looked better. His looked better than mine did. I, and then uh, so I knew he was a little bigger, higher priority than I was. 
Well, you know how it is in recruiting now. They got to figure out what's your niche. Like, what is he like? What is Terry like? You know, so they got to figure out what type of kids you are to send you in the right direction, right? Yeah, they did. They, they worked it. They worked it hard, man. And, and I never saw him until back we got back to UVA. And I was and I thought, honestly, God, I said, there's no way this kid will come to Virginia. He's going to Clemson. And if they recruited me the way they recruited him, hell, I'd have been at Clemson too. <laughs> <laughs> well, they must have done something wrong. But clearly, you know, despite their best efforts, you know, you guys both ended up at UVA, as you said, had an All-American career there. But uh, unfortunately, things took a turn for the worse. You had some injuries and some surgeries. Talk about that journey, man, because, you know, you and I have talked about that for hours, but you you did not take the traditional path. Not everybody had the O.J. McDuffie there with the go. first pick, Every the Miami time. Dolphins. That's left. right. Every time we get on, I hear the same thing, man. <laughs> That's right, dude. Now, my story is a little different, man. I'll tell you what. When I came out of college, I thought I would be drafted. And then I, I think, you know, after I didn't get drafted, I think I was red flagged for some some back injuries. And, and, and it was, they were right to red flag me because I got a free agent with the Eagles and went up there for the three-day camp and did really well and came home and was lifting weights and ruptured a disc in my back. And so, and I think that's probably what they saw when they did the uh, MRIs and stuff at the combine. It's, uh, then I was totally out of the league, you know, and I did, I fell out of college. I didn't have my college degree and I was riding on a lawnmower working on the golf course Man. for about six months and had to have neck surgery and didn't think I'd ever play again. And then I got a, a buddy of mine, Sean Moore, who I played with in Virginia, was in the World League and they didn't have enough line. So I weighed about 240, and they called me down there. And uh, Terry said, I, I think you can play, you know. So I went down there. And that's kind of how my journey started to the NFL. So it was about three years, three to four years there playing in Canada in the World League, kind of bouncing around, just trying to get my weight and strength back up. And then uh, that's when I finally made it down there. And, and thankfully, Jimmy was there, and the opportunity popped. Well, you know, a lot of guys, they, they give up on the dream like that, Dix. Yep. You know what I mean? And you knew you had the talent and the skills, you know, and you, you hung in there, man, and, and the dream came true to get that shot in the NFL like a lot of players don't get, man. How was that feeling? You know, I, mean, you know, I know Jimmy, you talk about Jimmy, but that had to be one hell of a feeling right there. Oh, juice, man. It was, it was incredible. And I'll tell you, one of the things that happened is I met Seth, and we started talking, and uh, I was staying in the Homestead Hotel down there. Didn't know anybody, but I started talking with Seth, and then he took me out to the basketball court with you guys. And that's when I started getting my confidence. I'm like, well, I think I can play at this level. Because when I first came down from Canada, I just thought everybody was too good. I won't make it. But I actually gained my confidence playing basketball. And then in the weight room, I said, well, they're not that much stronger than me. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it started to form before that ever before the first practice I ever got on the field. I already felt, wait a minute, I can play with them on the court. I can lift with them in the gym. Maybe I can play with them on the field. So I was just, I mean, it's like everything fell in line perfect for me to oh, gain man, a little confidence before we ever practice. I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh yeah, bro. I should send you a little bit of the, uh, my first signing bonus. That'd be about two or $300. <laughs> <laughs> I could use it, brother. You know what's so funny about yeah. what you're talking about is like, I, I remember seeing Dixon like, you know, air dribbling in the in the training room, like backing people yep. down. Shooting the fade away, you know, showing what they can do. I was like, man, you, you got you got skills like that. You can hoop like that. You like, yeah, you 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 let me know right then. You could hoop a little bit right then. Yeah, man, I figured, man, if I could just get out on the court, at least I have, I leave a little memory before they cut me. I'm gonna dunk on some fool out here. That's what I kept thinking when I'd go over here. Somebody gonna get it today. They gonna cut me, but I'm gonna get mine on this court. You got to get one in. Got to get one in. Well, hey, yep. it, it was the dream that you pursued, and and you know the lawnmower story is unbelievable. Uh, when you hear stuff like that, I mean, I remember Juice. You know, you had a former teammate, Bernie Parmley, who was driving a UPS truck, and you, you know, Cam Wake, who was going to have a hundred plus sacks in his career, was working on in, in kind of Wall Street and right. stocks, and mm-hmm. thought his career was done. And and so that 
you know, it's an incredible journey. But then you got here and it wasn't a, hey, I'm just going to get my chance and, and get the dunk at OJ's house. Talk about, Aranda has a nickname for you. And tell us What's about that? how that, the, the gift from heaven. Tell us about the gift <laughs> oh, from yeah. heaven, man. Yeah, that's something he said one day when they, I guess they were asking him about me and how he found me. And he was like, well, I don't, I don't know. He was just a gift from heaven. And so then that's what uh, OG started saying to me all the time. So that's kind of how that came about. I, when I came down there, though, you know, I did have success in college. So I was over-prepared to the hilt by the time I got there. So I knew, I mean, I was really over-prepared in, in the sense that I lifted. I eat, everything I ate was perfect. My lifting was perfect. And I, I was, you know, it was all or none. I, it was all I got for one shot at this thing. And so it's not like I got in and became a journeyman. I mean, when I got there... I knew right away that, wait a minute, I can play. After the first game, I knew I could play. I um, mean, I don't mean that arrogantly. It's just I, I knew at that moment that, wait a minute, I can do this. And so it wasn't really sitting the bench or anything. I mean, right away after the – I guess after second or third practice, I started. And I started to the day I left. Yeah, that's, that's a great point right there. And that's like – I knew right away your athleticism was there. You know, but coming from where you were coming from, you had to always think, like, I got to keep working hard because, you know, I'm going to be here. Are they going to cut me? Did you ever get to that point where like, you know what, I, I hear what you're saying right now, but, man, I made it. I can play with these guys. I can live with these guys. I'm as athletic as these guys are. When did you feel like it was that first game, second game? Like, I'm, I'm where I belong right now. Yeah, yeah. I always had such fear of being cut. So it was really it was really interesting intellectually to, to try to grasp it all because I had an unbelievable fear of being cut because I'd been cut twice before. And I always thought that day was coming around the corner, but I also had supreme confidence that I didn't tell other people. So I was, I was always balancing that out and, you know, almost like bipolar. Some days I, I would play with an arrogance on the field like I was really good, but I had this unbelievable fear when I was in the locker room that I was going to be cut. So that's kind of, that's kind of why I couldn't play a long time in the NFL, to be honest with you, Jigs. I just, my mind and my mindset can't sustain that. It was too much for me. So ultimately it overwhelmed me personally. It was too much because I had that going on all the time. A great fear of being cut and this overconfidence when I was on the field. And to try to reconcile that through the day, the stress, the pressure, and that's why I, I, you guys amazing, like you, Juice, and, and you guys that I looked up to when I got there for the years y'all played, at the level y'all played. I couldn't figure out how y'all were doing it. I didn't talk about it. I just couldn't figure it out. The stress and pressure just wore me down. So so even five, six years into your career, Dix, you're saying that you still were feeling that way? Yeah. I, I, you know, I was ready for it to be over really after three or four for me. Because I think I proved myself that I belonged and I was good enough. And that's what I wanted to prove. And then the last two or three years weren't fun anymore. Just the pressure of playing got to me too much. You know, the fear of being, I don't know, man, just overwhelmed. And that's why the veterans, the guys like Webby and all them guys that made it all the years doing it, I'm horrible at it. I just and I remember after my first game, I called home. I said, "Mom, they're not that good." I remember after my eighth game, I said, "I don't know how they're still playing. I'm beat to death. I can't hardly get out of bed in the morning." So the guys that had those long careers, it's amazing physical feat. You know, Mark, this team counted on you a lot, man. They move you around. You, you handle guard position, tackle position, and they probably could put you a tight end if, if they need, need be, man. They, this team used you in a, a lot of ways, man, that I've never seen an offensive lineman use, man, because of your athleticism, but also because of what type of teammate, what type of team player you were. Yeah, and I, and I learned that early on from, you know, I, you know so many other things. We talk about basketball or fast football or who the competitors were. Fast football. Yeah, I, felt like, I felt like I was one of you dudes, even though I hadn't been there. And so when I watched you guys just from afar, no matter what the team was doing, y'all needed to win. It was a need for you dudes. And I felt that my whole life, that type of competitiveness. And so it was through that that I, I think I became a good teammate. 
because I just wanted to win. I really, at the end of the day, I wanted Dolphins to win. And I don't know that everybody's like that in the NFL. I think a lot of people, it's a league of, of egos, naturally, because it's talented people. But it's also a league of everybody getting nerves. But see, the competitors in the group just need to win. Whether they're getting paid a dollar, they're getting paid $20 million, they need to win. That's part of the deal. So I think that was how I fed, was just the win kind of fed me. Like, I think it fed a lot of you guys during that time period. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah, it is, man. And, and you know what, Dick? So you talk about – you mentioned uh, you mentioned Webby, Richmond Webb, and you talk about the competitors and the guys that, that had the talent and were competitive, and there's probably nobody who fit that bill more than the guy who you were paid to protect with Dan Marino. What was that like after that journey? And, and granted, you've shared with us a little bit now that, that you felt you belonged, at least when you were on the field. What was that like to get into that huddle and say, I went through all this journey. I sat on the lawnmower. I've been cut all these times. I fear every day that I step off this field that I'm going to be cut. But now here I am in a huddle with Dan Marino. Oh, it's so real. I remember the first time I ever met Dan, I was in, in the training room. And he came in, and I'd never seen him. I mean, I've seen him on TV. He walked over and said, hi, I'm Dan Marino. I'm all thinking, like, yeah, no shit. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I can't get words out. You know, I know who you are, bro. You ain't got to tell me. Um, but the thing with Dan, man, I found, like, all of us, as soon as we got talking baseball and he was going to strike me out, I thought, you know, hell, Yellowstone Park can't hold me. <laughs> if you thought it was going out, we started all that banter back and forth like we all did. And now he's just a, he's just a great guy. And I don't know, really quick with Dan, I just felt like he was one of us. Now, you always knew he was a legend. But I think when you're around Dan, you start to get the joke. And it just he's just a dude, man. And, he, you know, he's such a locker room guy. And all the greatness of him never really – overwhelm me after just because of who he is i guess yeah i tell you what and that's one of the things i ran into man i'm like a, a guy at penn state coming as a you know an, out of a program that we don't pass the ball but you get an opportunity to play with dan marino as your quarterback wow. right away as a wide receiver but then you get in that locker room and you you're in awe because we, we played on the yep. games with him like i did i'm sure you know what i mean and he was throwing the ball around yep. To all these guys, but one of the most normal guys that you meet, man, and one of the best teammates you could ever have. He just disarms you of it all. He's just one of the boys, and just all the things I thought of him, and then when I get in there, he's just one of us, and I think that was the beauty of Dan. I think that's why it's so easy to play so hard for him, because, I mean, even when he would get hit, I mean, he'd get up, and he was just one of the boys, and I, that's always what impressed me most about him. I mean, obviously, he's a legend, but the ability to be just one of the boys and yet be one of the best five that have ever done it is amazing. Now, he was one of the boys, but at the same time, that was his huddle. Did you ever have a moment, and, you know, you had a heck of a career, but did you ever have a moment where he might have let you know that, that he wanted something done a little bit differently? No, but I had some moments where I, I damn sure was hoping he wasn't looking at the Jumbotron. <laughs> yeah, re-showing the play. I was looking dead in the eyes, and nobody was looking at my eyes, and he wasn't looking up there. You know, I'll be honest, though, my Lord, Dan, just call the play, babe. Don't look up. <laughs> you don't want to do left guard or left tackle. I just got you killed. Huh? But he never did. He was always great. You know, he was always great. He never jumped. I think when he was younger, he did a lot more there. By the time I got there, he was older. And there was friction I could feel with him and Jimmy, you know, during those days. I could sense the friction between them and kind of that year wore on. But I don't think he ever brought it into the huddle. And I don't think it was quite as intense with all of us as probably with, you know, when Juice first got there and all that. Yeah, I tried it. You know, it was I was in a situation where he was losing Duper and Clayton. You know, he was getting in some new receivers yep. and, and Irvin Fryer and, and Mark Ingram and, and Tony Martin was coming into his own. So he was in a transition period, I think, from what he was used to as a, as a quarterback. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, I think he was also transitioning to being that teammate that, you know, nobody knew about. But I think a lot of guys that I talked to said that everybody has a different perception of what Danny was about. And when we get when you get in that locker room 
we saw a whole different thing than we heard about in the media or, you know, through the fans or whatnot. Dame was a great teammate, and he proved that over and over again to us in that locker room. Absolutely, because I hear the stories about him in the huddle, but that wasn't my experience. And I think what you bring up is a critical point. And he probably did get on me at some point, but his presence in the locker room and how he carried himself, that certainly isn't a memory that stayed with me. It's all the other things, times I had with Dan that I remember. Nothing he ever said. Now, I'm sure he did in the huddle at some point, but that's certainly not a big memory of mine. And that speaks to how he was in the locker room. You know, you talked about Marino, of course, and, you know, you played against, you know, a guy that suffered the Hall of Fame once again. You played with him and Big Webb. And Webby's is another guy that, that was one of those calming forces on that offensive line. Did his job so well. Didn't hear much from him, but he just did his job. How was it like playing on that offensive line with Big Webb as well? Oh, just a blessing, man. You know, Webb gets his body's in the worst position and come out smelling like a rose, man. Just a ballerina. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just freak athlete. And he's like one of them weeble wobble balls, man. He's getting the worst positions and Somehow, man, he ends up, you know, blocking Bruce Smith on one leg and one finger and on the ground, and Dan gets the ball off, and he's kind of magical in, in what he was. He's a better human being than he was player, and he's a Hall of Fame player, in my opinion. Right. Ain't a better human being than I've ever met in my life. That, that's as honest as I can put it about him. I'll, I'll give you a quick story about him. He, I came in, and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to get hazed. He came up to me and said, now, every day, you got to get the water and the towels for all the other linemen. I'm a 28-year-old rookie, right? Got gray hair, and I'm getting the towel. <laughs> this ain't going to be good. And I thought, this joker sits right beside me. He's going to bully me every day to get these towels and his water. And I'm going to say, yes, sir, and that's just how this is going to go for about the next 16 weeks. I went and got the waters at first practice. That afternoon, Rich Webb walked in with the water and towels and threw them to all the players. See, I think I always believed that Webby did that so everybody else would leave me alone. And so Webby said, go do it, and then Webby started doing it. And then it was just a natural thing for everybody to do it. And I think that was Webby's way of kind of shielding me from some of that stuff because I was his left guard, and that's, what he, that's just how he was. He knew he had a play beside him. He didn't want me in there, you know, stressed out. And that's the type of man he was, too. Yeah, I tell you what, and that's that's one of those things right there where you talk about, like, he, he wanted to see how you're how you going to react to him with yep. that request. You know what I mean? You did it perfectly. As a teammate, you've always been. You're like, you know what? I got this. Even at 28, yep. like, I'm I'm not your typical rookie, but I've got this. And yep. I think that's Webby being the man that he is. Like, you know what? This is my kind of guy right here. We're going to be okay right here. I'm a, you know, and that, that, was, that was perfect right there. Yep. I think he was, he was testing me, and I passed. And then I'm, I'm – but I was so blessed to play beside him. He kept me going. I remember walking up. We were playing John Randall from Minnesota. He's screaming at me in the huddle. Webby's saying, don't look at him. I'm saying, Webby, but I feel like a punk, man. He said, don't look at him. I can't walk up the line. I got to look at him. He said, no, no. He said, I'm telling you, Dix, it'll get worse if you look. Don't look at him. He said, whatever you do, don't say nothing back. I said, man, I can't be no punk. I can't just be punked out. So I remember walking up the line with my eyes, looking down to the field for four quarters. Never looked at the man for four quarters. And I was right in front of him. I remember doing it. I said, after the game, I played all right. I said, man, I feel like a punk. And to this day, I wish I'd have looked at him at least once. I got for four quarters. Take a little peek, man. Something. I turned the huddle and whipped my eyes to the ground and walked up there. And he talked about everything. Read my bio, talked about my wife, my kids. And then Webby just said, don't fall for it. Every play. He was, Dan was calling the play, and Webby was telling me, please don't look. And that's how it went for four quarters. Oh, man. That's, hey, hey that, that's great right there. Now, I, I, I bet Randall still thinks about that. You, you probably gave him the business that day, though, too, though, because, you know, you were all about your business all the time out there on the football field. I was, and I didn't let him get in my head. And then, you know, if he got in your head, yeah, I mean, he could get you cut. You're selling the house and the Lexus and everything. So, you know, when you play against him, you, you know, you put the house up for rent. That's how fast he can send you home. So, <laughs> I was, you know. I told Webby, you tighten your split down. Make sure you stay hip to hip with me. Let's don't give this man no space. Same thing with Sapp. 
I remember one time telling Webby that I would give him half the, half my check because Webby wouldn't get a big enough split to let him rush me. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sapp, you know, it's funny. I don't know that I've heard Warren Sapp say a nice thing about anybody on the planet, but he loved him some Mark Dixon. Yeah. How did that develop? Yeah, he did. We would play in camp. You know, every year we have that week in camp. But, uh, I hurt my neck after my first year, and I've had that neck surgery. And Sap came over, and you know he was nice, and you know he, he was he was almost like Sybil, man. He was uh, you never knew what what guy was going to show up in the morning when we go out for those tour days. And we started talking that day. He asked me about my neck and all that, and he said, "I promise I won't bull rush. You know, I don't want you to get hurt. First play bull rush." One on one pass for bull rush. I was like, "Oh my god, you just promised me, right?" He runs me along, and you set me up. Um, but just so many battles with him, and I, and, you know, I never had a problem with Warren. Other than if I ever blocked him, he screamed, "I was old." I mean, that's, right. you know. Other than that, man, he he was never he wasn't ever too out of the way with me. I I have heard him be way out of the way though. Didn't he dudes. one time in practice? We, I think we were up there playing against him. I don't know if it was Orlando or Tampa or what it was. Didn't he like call our whole offensive line trash? But say the only guy I respect over there is Mark Dixon. <laughs> am I recalling that? Right? Yeah, he did. He called out everybody. <laughs> He might have been right, too, which is the sad part of it. I know I'm a lot that I was right or die, but I was, I was feeling all right with Sapp when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, bullied y'all. I don't know. The man's speaking truth. But, you know, that, that's what, you know, that's how Sapp was. Sapp just wanted to get us fighting each other. Get that friendly fire. Get us well, speaking yeah, of the friendly fire, Dix, you know, you played against some guys who were pretty good, too. And, you know, we talked about Webb. We talked about Dan. But the reality is, is at the time that you came in, uh, onto this Dolphins roster, really it was the defense that was making a name for itself. I mean, that defense sure. was, was fierce. It was nasty. Talk about those guys because you had to face them every day in practice. You know, when the ones went up yeah. against the ones, it was no joke. Who are some of – talk about some of the battles and some of those guys that maybe gave you fits. Well, I tell you what, man, the first time I lined up against Shorty, D. Gardner, I honestly got it looked like a leg coming out of the jersey. I mean, he put his arm down. It looked like a thigh. I thought, oh my god, you know, not an inch of fat, six six. And then, uh, and then he had uh, Timba, who he can't even walk backwards, much less somebody can knock him backwards. <laughs> so you know, they get, get moving on Timba. You, you can't get the man to walk backwards. You think we can hit him and knock him back? <laughs> the boy don't go back. He don't have reverse in his body. He's not going back. A line coach is screaming at him, right? The dude don't go back. And then you got JT, you know, bringing the heat. You got Zach calling out every play. I mean, it was, it was, you couldn't get a playoff in camp when they were, you know, when they were rolling and that defense was really bringing it. You had to throw the ball. Of course, then you got Sertain, you got Madison out there. So, I mean, it was a nasty defense back in those days. It was embarrassing. Mark, it was really embarrassing from our side of the ball, man. I'll be honest with you, man. You know, especially in camp, I, you know, they really had to tone it down for us to get any kind of work in. It was so bad for us at that point. Uh, my first year down there, I'm like, man, our offense is garbage. And Kippy's up on the board. I'm like, man, well, Kippy don't know his shit work, man. I don't know what you're drawing. We tried all of that. They blown every one of them up. They, they must have been our meetings, we got the man. Season. It went better when we got in the season. But, man, in practice, you're right, it got embarrassed. We couldn't get back a line of scrimmage sometimes running the ball. I mean, it, I mean, it were grown men in there when you look at Shorty and uh, Timbo. And you got Zach sitting behind. You got JT coming off the edge. You got two corners that can lock you down. You got safeties that don't have to help over the top. They can just play downhill all night. You know how they played that uh, that coverage, man, when it's safeties, they just come humping. The, I mean, there's nowhere to go. Man, you're like me, Mark, though, man. If we could have held up our end of the bargain on the offensive side of the ball, we should have done some bigger things in, in our in our years with the Dolphins, man, because we couldn't do anything with that defense. That is more frustrating than 
imagine. It, it is. And I think, you know, looking back on it, I think I'm a huge Coach Johnson fan. I think you, you come in and you build the defense like you did at Dallas. And, and I think he did that there. I think the offense needed to be different probably than what the Dallas offense was. Right. And I don't know that for a couple of years I thought we were always trying to mimic what they did. And I don't think our personnel fit that. And so I think we had you – know, we were talented on offense. But I, it just seemed to me we were always playing not the loose. And I don't know that we ever came out and, and utilized everything and were aggressive. It always seemed like we were just dependent on them. And I, I think that was his recipe in Dallas. Just, he got half of it right. And I think offensively, he just – we needed to be different, if that makes sense, in what we were doing. It makes it makes plenty of sense because we didn't have Mike Irvin. You know, we didn't have right. you know, we didn't have Emmett Smith. We didn't have that offensive personnel that could run that type of offense. We didn't have the offensive line, I'll be honest with you. No, nope. we had a few no, guys. Even we didn't have that whole offensive line that could run that style nope. of offense. And we tried to force feed it to us and it, it just didn't work. And we were a lot of three and outs, and that was a more frustrating thing than anything. When you got looked at defense in the face, we went our third or fourth oh, man. three and out. That was tough right there. Yeah, that's, that was the hardest part because you could see them wearing down through the year, you know. And then we're trying to run, you know, lead draws with, with those linemen that aren't Larry Allen and all those guys. You know, you just felt like, man, let's get in West Coast. Let's get the ball out quick. Let's hit the receivers on slants and all that. Let's get moving. Let's get, you know, just felt like, man, we were playing in a phone booth. That's how it felt to me when I look back. And then Dallas could play in a phone booth because they had them horses up front. And they just knock you back. And then, you know, they take their shots with Irvin and hitting over. You know, we just didn't have all that. So, that I guess, yeah, it was hard looking at the defense for years. It really was. Yeah, we, it was embarrassing. Let's, 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 keep, <laughs> let's make it real. It was embarrassing at times. You want to hear about hard. It was. Just, it, it was. Yeah, it was embarrassing. It really was, man. Those guys, man. But they stuck with us, though, man. And you know what? The thing about it, though, Mark, is that, you know, you and I, I know both those guys street cred with that defense. They know how we laid it on the line out there. You know, and that and that's all they can ask for. We we. We, we did the best of what we were dealt with. And you, you said it perfectly. There, there were several offensive players that had credibility with the defense. And so I never felt awful because they never looked at me. I ever never felt that they were looking at me as one that wasn't pulling my weight. But they certainly were looking at some. And that's just being gut level honest. That they didn't feel like we're pulling their weight. But I think, you know, when you come to about a solid five or six of us, I think they knew in practice that we were going to bring it. We are going to bring it every day. And we are going to bring it right to them. And they're the guys I think that they always respected. You know, and I, I don't know that they felt that way about our whole offense and that's probably a big problem what's up big seth what's going on juice hey you know everybody wants to make money but i always ask yeah. who's keeping track of your money no doubt about it man that's why for the past 15 years i've gone to my guy rob at ars and associates for all of my personal and professional accounting needs oh man rob's the best and his son is one heck of a baseball player yeah he is rob's also so professional he's trustworthy hey, you know that's the most important part man it definitely is and the entire team at ars handles personal accounting corporate bookkeeping pay Payroll. Hey, they also work with athletes and charities, correct? You know they do. So call ARS and Associates for a free consultation at 305-653-7350. Ask for our guy, Rob, or visit their website at arsaccounting.com. That's arsaccounting.com. And make sure you mention that the fish tank sent you to get your first month of payroll services free. Previously on the Five Reasons podcast, we were joined by Miami Dolphins receiver Jakeem Grant. Nobody knows. Like, I actually didn't start playing football my mom put me in football because I also, I love skating. And I made two dudes fall at the same time. And my mom was sitting there watching. And the next day, the next thing you know, she signs me up for football the next day. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I just I just did that for fun. And it was, the rest was history. Be sure to catch that episode and all the other episodes of the Five Reasons Podcast available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And then we go from from Danny, you know, and us trying to throw the ball or whatever they were trying to, to work to quite, kind of close to the end of your career where you got a little – an opportunity to run with Ricky. How about that? Trading for Ricky Williams yeah. one of the biggest deals I ever thought it ever happened. Ricky Williams coming to Miami, I thought that would never, ever happen. Of course, like, totally changed the offensive approach for us, right? It, it changed everything for us. What was the difference between, like, going from mostly pass blocking – or trying to force the run to having a running back like run Ricky run. Yeah, Ricky was a bad boy, man. That was a bad cat. The thing about Ricky, man, you know, the first quarter I'd hear the explosion at the line of scrimmage. Second quarter you hear it about four or five yards down the field. By the fourth quarter you hear nothing because you know safeties are tripping on lines trying to avoid it. I mean they're tripping on <laughs> look like snipers up in the booth shooting them as they're falling down before they get to them. You know, and that's just that cat was bad and smart. My God, just brilliant. I. He wouldn't talk much, but you, know, you go back and hold, you talk pass pro, you talk protection, or he'd ask about run game things. Just brilliant questions. His intellect, and then just how physical that cat was. That's a bad joker, man. I think Ricky was the best running back in Miami Dolphin history. I know we got some guys in the Hall of Fame, and Ooh. you know we got some 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 badass running backs that have been through there. But there's been nobody that brings it all like Ricky Williams brought it, man. And you were you were part of that offense, man. Open up holes for him and give him a little bit of a crease. And- Power, that physicality. There was nobody like Ricky. I co-signed him. I don't think the guy gets near enough credit for his pro career. I don't think he gets anywhere near the credit the man deserves. I just think part of it because you know he's an introvert and he doesn't talk a lot. People focus on other things in his life. But if you just simply take away his name and you take away the numbers on the jerseys of every running back that's ever lived, there ain't, there ain't gonna be a long roll call before his name comes up on the first one, one of the ones on the first ones you want to take. That's how good he was. I think the other stuff is outshadowed just how brilliant that man was as a running back. Yeah, I saw Ricky in a charity football game, you know, a couple of years ago, and I was on the sideline, and I just heard the thunder go by me like, yes, dude, dude, he can still play. He, he runs, yeah. like, ferociously. People don't believe it. I'm telling you, man, you can hear the dude coming. I heard it. I mean, he, it's different sound when that dude runs the ball, and he hits someone that's different. And I, I remember catching one of the Buffalo Bills. It's cold, bro. You know how it got up at that place. And him catching one on the sideline, and I thought, you know, screen pass, man. And I'm getting ready to run down there, and you know, it's going to be about second, seven. Next thing I know, he goes 80. And, I mean, he, I mean, there's a big man moving at a high rate of speed, and nobody wanted to get there. People are tripping, bro. They don't want to get to him. They're scared to death that they're going to take a good enough angle to make the tackle. They're scared to get on that angle. That's how bad he was. Yeah, I love how you talk about, you know, at the beginning you hear the, the thunder, you know, at the line of scrimmage, and you hear it a few yards down the field, and the next thing you know you don't hear anything because you hear the ground. No. Nobody wanted to deal with him. And that's how he wore people down. That's the kind of back you love, man. That big back, you know, you committed to the run, and you, you know, you know you're, you're springing him and you see him go by you. That's fun stuff right there. Oh, man. Yeah. And for the first time ever, we were kind of holding our own on offense. I mean, I just felt good right there. Just because, man, we ain't killing us. At least, at least we don't feel like we're point shaving. At least we're holding our own a little bit out here. You yeah. want to make us feel that way. Now, now, Dix, you mentioned the other stuff with Ricky. And he, you know, he, he wasn't your typical NFL running back. Probably not your typical no. NFL player. Were, did you ever have any of those off the field conversations? You know, Ricky and I would talk about comic books and everything that was but football i was wondering what that dynamic was like or did you guys even have a relationship in the locker room and, and off the field now, he would talk a little bit but not a lot but i'll give you one ricky story he's in the uh in the o-line room and he's playing a video game mad and he's playing somebody no it's a college game i think he might have been texas or something anyways he's playing himself and somebody <laughs> comes in and it says ricky man it's raining outside and ricky kind of looks back and nods doesn't do anything he's playing with himself and he's talking 
And but the person who's playing don't know he's actually playing Rick. I'm thinking this is bizarre, man. This is bizarre. Who <laughs> comes back in? I don't know who it was. And said, Ricky, man, it's raining outside. Ricky looks back. Well, I know. And the dude said, Well, your top's down. Um, I guess he had a convertible. Oh yeah, your top. Yeah, the dude never moved. He said, it's the game. Dude never moved. Never. I said, this is insane. That's Ricky, man. And, and listen, that game and talking to that kid on that, whatever he was doing was more important than that car. That's Ricky Williams, man. I thought this is a trip. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, the football stories, we could talk for days. And, and we love them here in the tank. But it's a lot of that other stuff that we enjoy as well. And one of my great memories working with Dicks was you had some of the best lines and sayings ever both in the media and just in general conversation. I, you know, I text you all the time, man. I, we, we haven't talked to each other in a long yeah. time, but we text all the time. He's like, hey, man, I just dropped the Dixon line on him when I, <laughs> I, I was down at this college and I was speaking to kids. And, I mean, there was the, one of my favorites that I speak when I talk to young people. I was, one of my favorites you had was, I don't care why you're motivated, just be motivated. You know, that was one of the ones you had. There's the, the hard guy to cut lesson. You know, you always, if you're the first guy in at the, yep. at the beginning of the day and the last guy to leave the weight room, you're a hard like guy that. to cut yep. before you yep. ever get on the field. Yep. It was a good one. Uh, you mentioned the Timbo one with no reverse in his gearbox. It's just like they're endless. But one that I always thought was funny was the Hey, Look at Me guy. Tell us about yeah. the Hey, Look at Me guy. What is a Hey, Look at Me guy? Why don't you like the Hey, Look at Me guy? And then... The best part of the Hey, Look at Me guy juice is that there's certain guys that Dixon feels actually earn the right to be a Hey, Look at Me guy, and he's okay with them. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now, I can't get down with no Hey, Look at Me dude. I just can't get down with it. You know, I just got level honest, man. It's more and more that I see them, man. You know, they make a play, and it's, you see it all the time. And Juice, I ain't knocking y'all receivers, but it starts there. <laughs> it starts there. That whole group, man. I just, I'll just put that as one group. Other than you, Juice, because you're my dog. Other than that, that whole group is, hey, look at me. Okay? That's a whole group of them. All right? Now, there are some that have earned it, but that's a short list of dudes that could be a, hey, look at me, dudes. You know what I mean? Short list. Very you know, short. Kobe. Kobe Bryant's a, hey, look at me guy. I can co-sign him. That's the level I need to see. LeBron, Jordan. That's the level you got to be for me to, for to be a, hey, look at me. That's kind of how I categorize that, that, that whole deal. Yeah, so like now J.J. Watt gets accused from time to time of bringing some attention to himself. Is that a hey, look at me oh. scenario? Oh, yeah. He's a hey, look at me, dude. It's like your boy, your, your boy, Tim Tebow, running down the jet. <laughs> field I was waiting for now, that's an all-time hey, look at me right there. You know what I mean? Right there, the man should have been cut. Right there, on spot. <laughs> just on out of general spot, principle? That man should have cut. Out of principle as a coach, I'd have said, just keep running right on out to your car, honey. This deal's <laughs> over. Right there. And I thought of you the minute I saw that photograph. You're the, yeah, that's that right there. There's his boy. Uh, you best probably when you texted me. So, you know, when I couldn't find Dixon for six months, eight months out of a time, if something happened at Florida that was you're embarrassing to the university, oh, man, he's my best friend again. Long lost friend. He would show up. Oh, yeah, bro. I love when they blow up down there now. That, is, that, that does my heart good when I see yeah, But he's the hey, look at me guy. I remember it. You know, we could – we could name names. It's up to you if you want to do that here. Certain guys after a loss, you know, they'd come in, they'd throw the helmet, they'd kick the coolers. You weren't a big fan of that. You thought that was, hey, look at me, deal. But, they, but then there were a few of them that could get away with it. Oh, yeah, man. You, yeah, you know, same old, you know, Shorty. When Shorty comes in and does all that, man, you just, I, I can't get down with Shorty coming in kicking stuff. And throwing right. stuff after a ball game. You know, that stuff is... You know, shorty half wouldn't practice half a week. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and then that shorty will come in and be gung ho on why we lost. That 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 stuff. And, and I love shorty, but that stuff would get to me. You know. Now Zach come in and act a fool, and I can co-sign him. 
because the boys <laughs> have stayed up all day and night watch more film than 19 coaches put together. He put everything in his body into this thing. Now, if he walks in and he's upset, I'm, I'm going to co-sign him. Shorty, I'm going to roll my eyes. That's kind of how I felt on that deal. Love it. Yeah, you know, well, we've had Zach in the tank, as you know. He's one of those guys that I think you two had a lot of, like, good battles and, and a lot of fun with each other. But, you know, we also talk about you know, this trip to Gainesville that yeah, you and Seth started. You know, we heard Seth and Zach's side of this thing. But what's your side of the whole trip to the Gainesville? There's been a lot of things that have been said about this Gainesville trip or trips from Zach and, and Seth. But I want to hear what your side of this thing is, Mark. First of all, I can't remember much because Zach got pulled over about every five miles on the way up there. <laughs> The boy would not slow down. The boy went from one speeding ticket to another all the way up till we got there. I thought we going to end up in prison. We ain't going to end up at the ball game. That's the number one thing. Then we he get there. And, 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 I was the one who got the ticket. Well, was the boy speeding in the car or not? I mean, y'all oh. went up there at about 300 miles an hour. No, he, I mean, he, he, God, I was he admitted it. I, he admitted I got, it. I got PTSD after the, after the trip. I'm telling you, <laughs> dude, I couldn't remember enough. By the time we got there, I was so rattled. And then this lunatic, what is it, Teddy Dupay? Is that the dude that went on? Teddy Dupay. Right? And that was the biggest nightmare of my life because I talked trash on that kid for months. And then I go up there and, he, and we're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. The boy ain't missing warm-up, ain't missing during the game. He ain't missing a shot for, for, for three hours. And I had to sit there and watch that disaster. <laughs> that, that was so just, it was one of the best moments in my relationship with Mark Dixon over all the years because, he, you know, he was always on the Gators. I don't even know if you hated the Gators, but because I love the Gators, right, that's probably he hated the Gators. You know, that's what it is. That's why, just you. <laughs> it was me. Now, he's a Duke guy, right? Yeah, let's go pick a team that's really difficult to root for. So he's a, so Dixon's a Duke guy. I got the Gators. They're an up-and-coming team. Billy Ball starts. They make the run. They got Mike Miller. But he did not want to hear about Teddy Dupay. I say, well, he tries to, you know, effort guy. He, Dixon used to tell me, effort guys will get you cut. I don't want an effort guy on my team. Yep. So he didn't want to hear anything about Teddy Dupay. <laughs> said he didn't deserve to be in, playing in the SEC, didn't deserve to be playing Division One ball. We go up there. The Gators are playing Kentucky for the SEC title. And Dixon is just he's, – he's foaming at the mouth because he knows that Kentucky's just going to – and they're going to play in a real team now. going to kill you. Gonna to see it. going to kill you. Teddy Dupay scores a career-high 28 points with Dixon in the building. He doesn't miss – I think he's five for six from three or six for seven or something like that. I mean, he lights them up. The Gators win the game. Dixon, a 300-pound man, was so small by the end of the thing. It was a beautiful thing. I didn't speak to y'all either. All y'all went out, I just went back to my room and went to bed. <laughs> oh, he was done. Tore me up. Ruined your whole trip, Dixon? It, it ruined your whole that trip. tore me up, bro. I couldn't take it. I couldn't. You got this little dude, man, dude, about five foot two. Just raining threes. I felt like he was hey, pointing Juice, Dixon two up in the bleachers. Hey, Juice, we wouldn't have picked him in the top ten on your court. Right. Before he had it, had it. The boy would have been next. Hey, Dick. He would have been nice. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, he might not have got any chance to get on, you know. But you know what? The warm-up. Hey, I'm telling you what. If five were on the court and I had next, I'd take four walking off that just walked before I took that boy. Hey, Dick. I already got my five. Hey, that is normal, though, man. You you did that a lot with four ordinary guys out there, and you went out there and ran things on the court. But, you know, and that's the thing about you in basketball, though, man. You know, your, your love for basketball and your skill love on the court, you know, it's, it's been legendary on this show. It really has been, man. And, you know, as, as hard as you are on yourself at times, man, you had a little bit more swagger when it came to basketball because your basketball That's game, so true. Yeah, there you go. Tell me about your basketball. Where'd that come from? Man, Juice, I grew up playing, man. And, and back in the day, and it's not like that anymore, back in the day, you had to win to stay on the court. And if you didn't win, you went home. 
and uh, that's how your court was. So when I got there, that I was at, that's that's how I grew up, and I couldn't wait to play. And I was way more confident in basketball than I was ever in football. I just believed in what I could do there. And so when I got to your court, and then I heard JT and Zach, they start talking. I said, yeah, we, we're we good now. Because I can talk out here. On football field, I wouldn't say boo to them. They scared me to death. When they got on the <laughs> basketball court, I, I didn't worry me none. That made me feel at home when we got out on the court and everybody started talking. Your setup was unbelievable, too. I tell people that all the time about what I missed. They said, you miss football? No, I don't miss my football. I didn't miss it the last three years of play. I miss playing ball at your house. I miss the locker room. I miss the trips to Gainesville. They're the things I miss. I don't miss getting hit. No, I don't miss that. But I do miss those memories are the ones that I I look back on and smile. You know what, Dix, man? I I say it all the time, man. You've heard it on the show, man. You're you're by far, in my opinion, other than Scottie Pippen, the best player that's played on my court. You know? Oh, man. That's real that's talk right, right, right there. there. That's real talk oh, right man. there. And we tell everybody that people have no idea, you know, like you, you've had all these legendary games at your house and, you know, all this basketball, all this ball. We've had some great games and great players there. But by far, you were the toughest dude to deal with. It got to a point where certain people didn't want to play on your team all the time because you were just dominating the game. You know, you get a big guy on them, you're too quick for them. Or you're raining threes on them. You get a little guy on them, you're too strong for them. You know, and handle them in the post. You went out there with four sets. If won five or six games and went home, like went over the hill before I let the dogs out, like I'm done with it, Juice. I'm done with it. I, I, yeah. I don't know all I can do today. Yeah, oh, man. I tell you what, Juice. I, we, we had a blast on those courts, and the competition was phenomenal, man. I, and I look at the, the interesting thing about the court and, and your house and the whole dynamic, the whole setup. I wish everybody could have seen it, man. It was just. It takes you back to the old school days, man, of just playing in the gym. That's why it's just like being back in the gym, balling. And then you, you saw what made everybody great. You know, like Zach can't play a lick. But if he's on the other team, he's going to lose. He's yep. going to lose because he's on the other team because he gets back in street ball. He gets back every time because he don't want to give up a layup. That's just who he is, right? The ball can't go out of bounds. He'll chase it down to get another possession. Now, he can't throw the ball in the ocean. He can't dribble. And he can't shoot. <laughs> but if he ain't on your team, you lose. That's so right. that you see part of his greatness. You see JT like a gazelle up and down the court. You see OG with his hand wrapped around the ball four times. <laughs> like coming down the lane. And you're like, my God, how's your hand that big? It looks like an arm. So your court was a mic microcosm of what made each one of us a good athlete because whatever we had on a football field that same skill set showed up even more on your court and that's what i loved about it well it's, it's great to hear you paying respect to all these guys now Diggs, because i i got it so before i'd ever played with him and we heard it we would always hear it and like you said he would do the air dribbling and i i got pulled into the o-line section at one point and these guys are laughing and crying and seth go look this up dixon said he was an all-american and he was this and that and dixon you know again this is the guy that He'd come after every practice, and, and he was hiding because he didn't want Stu to tell him that Jimmy wanted to see him with his playbook. And But he started talking about hoops, Juice, and he said, Seth, when, when are we playing at OJ's next? So Tuesday night, he goes, will you tell them get a hand in my face as soon as I pull up in the parking lot? Like, That's he, right. Well, you can't go down the highway. I tell them now. I tell them, I tell them here at the high school, they still pick me at Juice's court just in case I show up. We're going to run with four in case Dixon rolls up. I, I, I still talk trash. I tell them to this day, there ain't a park I played in that I'm still not the first pick just in case I come back. Boys, I can't touch a net right now. They know it. They look at me like I'm crazy. Then I tried to I tried to get on him, Juice. I said, well, let me find a flaw in his game. I said, Dix, you don't come back on defense, man. He said, my defense is yeah. I outscore you. That's my yep. defense. I score more yep. points than you do. I remember you screaming at me, get back. And I remember you saying, why? Why? <laughs> I'm going to get my 
don't worry about it. Don't worry. Just relax. I got this. Well, you know, it yeah, is man, a true story. True story, Diggs. I got to tell, and you're right, and, and I would get heated with him because he wouldn't play no damn defense. And None. typically it didn't, <laughs> it didn't matter typically, right? But we were playing one time, and they go up on us like eight to three. So they're up eight yep. to three. We're coming down in a possession. We're put, game goes to 11. So, you know, our time is up here in a minute. And I, he, he posts up, and I try and throw a little inbounds, an entry pass to him. It's a bad pass, Juice. It's a bad pass. Right. Ball gets stolen by JT or whatever, and he goes down the court. And Dixon just gives me this stare, right? Like, now I'll say, well, hey, we're, down, we're all down eight to three, buddy. I don't care if you're the best player out here or not. Get your ass back on defense. Play some guy yep. defense with the rest of us. We need you to be good. Right, because I'm not going to carry the team. We need you to be good, Dix. And he's standing at the whole court. And we're now your court's a long court now. It's a long one. That's 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 I'm like NBA length. Four, four feet short of regulation. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I think I probably fouled the guy to stop the play because that's my best defensive move. Foul the guy to stop the play. And I'm still just just giving it to him. Just giving it to him. And Dixon looks at me. He doesn't say a word. And we go on an 8-0 run. Yes. And win the damn game. And he scores seven of the eight points. Of course, he I can't did. even make that shit up. I remember. I remember like yesterday and hit. And I hit the, I hit a three. We, we were going by twos back then. Yep. He hit a three ball, about 24 foot. I remember hitting it on the corner over there. I'm, I remember to the state and looking at you when it went in. I remember <laughs> like this. <laughs> looking at you. Looking at you when it went in. in. <laughs> I remember like yesterday. Oh, it got so bad that it got so bad that every time we played, you know, you and JT could not be on the same team. You know, we made a right. point of that, but then you were dominating so much that JT was like, "I want to play with Dixon." And we're like, "Hell no! How the hell is anybody <laughs> yeah. going to win unless I'm on that team?" Was it me, you, Seth, and JT and, and Dix? We could do that, but there's no way yeah, in the world we're going to let that happen. Oh man, JT, me and him would go down in the post. And- I try to post him up, and and then he would outrun the court on him. Man, we had battles, dude, battles, battles. Yeah, I think that was the best part, man, because I think that you know we all, everybody that plays football thinks they can think they can hoop. We all think we can hoop, yep. you know. And I think that brings out the best of us. That brings out the best of us on that hoop court, and that 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 competitiveness always it never goes away. But that hoop court it brings it out more than anything, Dix. I mean, everybody's got game. Everybody thinks they got game until they come on that yep. that court out there in Plantation Acres. Hey, and you can't hide. There's no hiding out there on a football field. Once in a while, you can hide. Right, you can slide and help me pass block JT, but on basketball court, it's just me and him. You know, and then and, and the thing with JT, you know, in football, he could bring it to me because I got to sit back. And I got pass block. I can't really go at him too hard. But now on the basketball court, he's got to he guard me too. See, that's why I like trying to get JT on the court because football, he always had the advantage. Basketball, I said, well, at least now I get to come at you some, right? And it's the same way with all of us when we got out there, man. It was the best times of my life playing on that court, I'll tell you that. Great oh, members. Awesome, man. Well, with that, and, and we tell the stories. We tell them all the time. The tip dunk. I'll never forget the tip dunk where he came down the middle of the lane. And then he, he started doing the lean all the way back the whole time looking at me at the gazebo. Always had to find my, me, Dix. I don't know why. You always had to find me. Oh, when I started looking at you, yeah, leaning. Yeah, the whole time, whole way back. Because you, you, you're sure shit yeah. weren't worried about who was uh, going down there to play some defense. But he had to find yeah, me. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. I, I remember it, too. But there's no way. I you know, the first you, time I did a tip dunk. I remember the first time I did it when I was out there, and I remember JT was there, and he turned and looked at me and said, did he just dunk that? I remember <laughs> JT doing that. And I remember looking and said, oh, there'll be plenty more. They'll, you'll get to see it again. I remember <laughs> running back. Came from? I love I it. I love it. I said, oh, there'll be plenty more. You'll get to see it. So, well, with that, Dix, you've listened to the show. You know that one of the elements of this deal is we you, you got to pick your top five. So if you've played on that court, you got to come in here ready to pick your top five. So we want you to name them from guard over to center. 
who's the top five players. You can include yourself. You know, we, you better we know include the yourself. You, if you don't include if you yourself, man, I'm I'm gonna be mad oh, bro, at you. You know, I'm doing, hey, bro, I was, I was gonna go ahead and play guard and guard and forward. I got to go forward. You only need three. I got to have five. Yeah, I was gonna go with three. I'll give you five, but I was gonna roll with three in myself. Uh, That's right. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I like. Well, where are you playing? With, We're starting with you. Where are you gonna be? I'm gonna be at small four. Okay, the fourth slide. Oh, no, nah, put me a power forward. I'll go power forward. Now nah, put me a small forward. I'm gonna put uh now nah, put me I'm gonna go I'm gonna go power forward, put JT at small forward. Okay. I'm gonna go OG as my big man. OG got game, but he can't dribble all that. No, I can't handle <laughs> he it. Can't shoot. He can't dribble hands. or shoot. You give me uh juice on the outside and give me Zach at my other guard. Juice don't throw it to him. Just let him play D, all right? That's exactly right. <laughs> hey, throw it to don't him. don't throw it to him. That's that's my five. <laughs> Just talk, Zach will play D. That's it. <laughs> so Zach's the fifth guy that you weren't going to count. Give me those five. Cause look, look what you got. You got, you got everything. You got ultra competitiveness. You got athleticism. You got power. You got speed. That, that's what. That's what I'm gonna roll with. And please bring Kirby back. <laughs> he got the comeback. That's the first guy I wanted to play against was Kirby. He'll be there. He didn't put you on his top five, so I don't know if there's a you know maybe there's another story that we don't know about that Clemson trip or Virginia or something. Yeah, Kirby couldn't even play. Kirby. Well, Kirby was a third or fourth pickup at, at UVA when we had the football players playing. That boy right there, I'm telling you what, you could have built the amazing as many shots as I seen that fool play. That boy, <laughs> you could you could build. I'm telling you, the amazing with him. You tell Kirby I said that. Oh, he's going to hear it. Yeah, hey, listen, Chris Slade, y'all don't know Chris Slade, but Chris Slade played for the Patriots. Y'all might know. He led the world rebound in high school because he played for Kirby. He played with Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> he, he set the world record for rebound. <laughs> because of Terry, the world record. <laughs> yeah, he, he, world record. Kirby would score 40 and shoot 60. Oh, my God. Hey, <laughs> hey Dick, you know, you know, we know you know how this show goes. You know, there's some, there's some different things that we talk about on this show. I know how, what a great coach you've been, you know, in high school right now. And actually, you led your – the high school to the first ever state title. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Sure did. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, with Seth, you know, he claims he helped you your first ever coaching victories. This is interesting to me because I got to hear the real story about this. Uh, it was over, you know, a Madden-led team. Dix, please yep. tell me. And not video games. John, John Madden, Madden. Against Mark Dixon. Please. He's been telling right. about this game. Tell please him, tell me the real story. Please tell me the real story. Well, we, we beat him, and I, and, I, and, I, and I couldn't let – you know, I'm competitive, too, so hell, I was arguing with Matt. <laughs> I, I didn't feel right about it, but I felt like we needed to win. So, we beat them fools down. I remember that. Yeah, that was an unbelievable night. I, so, I remember that. Just to paint the picture for you, Dixon, it was – what Madden would do was he'd bring in – the Monday Night Football crew would come rolling in, and they would have their crew take on the PR staff of whatever team they were playing. And so I played quarterback. I got Dixon in the headset, right? He's my coach. Yep. Harvey Green and Neil Gulkus on the outside. So that's wow. what Dixon's dealing with. That's like Danny was dealing with at one point. <laughs> hey, 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 we were small, but we made it for it by being slow. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you, tell me if you remember this, Dixon. So like, we had a young guy, an intern. You always got to have a young intern. And Dixon calls a play, and I don't know what it was. It was a, I, I think it was a, a post corner, and the kid runs it, and I throw the ball where he's supposed to go, but I think I throw it before he comes out of his break, and, you know, we haven't practiced. We haven't, and so Dixon takes his hat off. He throws it on the ground, Steve Spurrier style, and he says, son, you got seven seconds and no pass rush. Let him make the break. And he went into full coaching mode. He's like, you're trying to do a timing pattern. There's no pass rush. Don't rush, man. Relax. 
I remember, bro, we, hey, listen, man, dude, wide open, and you back there panicking like JT coming off the edge. <laughs> he counted for me, Juice. He goes, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. He goes, let him get a break. Got plenty of time. Let the man run the route. Right. Right. You know, Seth, Seth being, you know, Joe quarterback, you know, he's going to throw timing routes. You got a bunch yeah. of people out there that I threw the it where he needed to be, Juice. I threw it where he needed you to know, be. You know, and that's what Danny always said. Be on time. Be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. And he wasn't there. So that's it. He wasn't there. Okay. All right. Yeah. Juice, his man on the outside is about a six flat 40. You got to give my boy some time to get down there. I mean, my boy took about two days to run the corner route. <laughs> give my boy some time. We got it. We ran it again, though. I took my time. And so Dixon started counting. One Mississippi, two minutes. He would count just so I knew where we were at with it. He he was not going to let me do yeah. that. Man, oh man, one of the best. Oh man, it was good times. One of the best teammates I ever had, Mark Dixon. Man, and, man, it was like a, a super athlete, bro. A super teammate, super person, bro. And it was an honor, honestly, man. We talk about you at nauseum. And you know, before we even got this podcast, you know, we we've talked about you as a legendary person, as a legendary football player, as a legendary basketball player, man. man no uh, doubt. We are honestly blessed to have you on the show, man. And to hear these stories again, uh, we're gonna get you back on, man. Cause we we just love hearing what what you have to oh, say. Oh, he might man, shut because, his phone off for about eight months. Well, now, we will find him. You know, and it's well, a, it's, a, it's a heck of a find because we haven't seen Dixie. He's been hiding. You know, he's been hiding up north somewhere. But we got him on. Yeah. it's been awesome, brother. Well, listen, man. I thank you guys for having me and Juice, you know I think the world of you, man. And I'll, just just the dude you were and how much you helped me when I was there. And not only me, man, all of us. Absolutely the leader of that football team. And you got to know that some of the things that I learned from you and how you carry yourself as a pro is things I'm trying to teach my young men today that this is what a teammate is. And it truly is you and Zach and JT and you guys that modeled for me what a pro should look like. And even how my kids here at this high school need to behave and carry themselves. And then for you, Seth, man, you was my, my boy. And I don't know, I, I never told you this, I don't know if I'd make it, Seth, if you wasn't mad. And that's the honest God truth because our friendship made me feel a part of something. And you were my friend before I was ever a friend with anybody else on the team. And you liked me way before I ever played it down. And you gave me confidence. And you were the one that introduced me to all the guys. And you introduced me to him before I ever played football with him. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Y'all both need to know that. Bro, don't make us – we're, we're supposed to be laughing here, man. Don't make us cry up in here, dicks, man. Yeah, it's getting a little – Oh, man, man I got to get that. Man, you, we feel the same way about you, bro. And that is the honest God truth, man. We feel the same way about you, man. And we talk about you all the time, man. And we're we're so happy we're able to make it happen. We can actually get you on, man. And not only verify some of the stories, man, but just to just to hear you, you know, your side of everything, man. It's been it's been amazing, bro. We appreciate that. Well, thanks for having me, man. Let's do it again sometime soon. It was great having you on, man. Uh, you know, certainly we thank all of our advertisers that support the fish tank here. But just a, a, a sincere thank you for both of us, Dix. It's I I don't know that you've done an interview with anybody in South Florida in quite some time, uh, and it's really great. We, we were excited to get you on, but I, I'm just so glad that Dolphin fans are going to be able to hear your voice and hear these stories. It, it was an honor, and we love you, and we miss you, man, and we wish you and the boys. Is it Galax High School? Galax High School. Galax, Galax High School. Let's go, Galax. Galax. Let's get it in. Get you another ring, brother. We're going to try, man, and uh, love you guys, and y'all take care, okay? All right. Thanks for diving in, Dix. On Three Yards Per Carry, we give you a little bit of culture. I'm in Edinburgh for the world-famous Fringe Comedy Festival, which is essentially a cornucopia of comedy, and I am scouting for talent. Do you measure their 40 time or uh, get their vertical? No, pretty much not, unfortunately. Is Benny Hill there? Benny Hill's dead, buddy. (laughs) We also give you the finest in news and analysis of your Miami Dolphins. 
Listen to us every Thursday and soon every Tuesday and Thursday during the regular season on your favorite podcast provider. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, never been that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank. Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in fish tank Aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.